Welcome into episode 213 of the Source Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky Valley recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. The Source Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointment. Appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined in person. This is our first live show with somebody else in person with us. Zach Gagan of Kentucky Sports Radio. We had him on uh, our little just audio only edition of the kind of impromptu breaking news edition of the Source to Say podcast at Big Blue Madness when Aaron Bradshaw committed, but now we are down in Birmingham, Alabama together for uh, the SEC Media Days, which the women were today and then the men are tomorrow. Uh, Zach, thanks for joining me, man. Jack, it's nice to be here in person with you. We won't have any delay or anything. It'll just be some back and forth conversation, so hopefully some good uh, some good vibes today with our, with our uh, what, what episode are we, 213? 213. I'm off Jack's script. I'm cheating a little bit. But yeah, so we're down here in Birmingham today, SEC Media Day. We started with the women's team, talked to Kyra Elsie, Blair Green, Jada Walker. Got some good, solid information for them, I guess. Not much that we didn't already know from last week's Media Day at UK, but uh, overall it's fun. We got men tomorrow, so it's uh, busy, busy right now. Basketball's here. Uh, I guess a couple notes from Media Day today. Uh, a couple big things. A lot of talk about the departure of Ryan Howard uh, from Kyra Elsie. Very clearly a uh, message that, that they're trying to point through with the team. That Look, we have 10 new faces, 15 players on the roster. Uh, she said that we're going to have 10 rotation players uh, this year. If you you can earn your, uh, your spot in or you can get it taken away, there's no promises, no, you know, minutes given no uh, you know shots promised none of that stuff uh very clearly a you got to earn your way with ryan howard here gone a a, a clearly uh, a big culture change i think going into uh, this offseason a couple other notes uh talk about maddie uh sheer uh how she has the it factor i thought that was a pretty cool thing that we heard from from kyra elsie today as well uh, any other notes of, of substance that you want to address before we get into the other uh, other stuff yeah, I thought the Maddie Shear uh, comment was interesting just because I feel like a lot of people are kind of hyping her up. Her and uh, Naya Russell, the South Carolina transfer, is maybe the two go-to girls for this team this year. Uh, it was nice to see Blair Green back and smiling and fully healthy and talking about how she was winning the three-point contest and just kind of her rehab and all that stuff. Uh, not too many other notes other than that. Uh, they have 15 players this year as opposed to having like six healthy players at one point last year. So like Jack said, the 10-player rotation will be a, a welcome sight at this point, even if you know, it's a bunch of freshmen and not a all-American player like Ryan Howard. So there will definitely be a bit of a rebuilding period or, or rebuilding uh, transition period, I guess you could say, uh, in my opinion. So we'll see how long that actually lasts. But uh, it's going to be a fun year. They will be a very fun team. I'm convinced of that. Uh, tomorrow is the men uh, SEC uh, media day with John Calipari, Oscar Shibway, and I believe, was it Savir Wheeler was the other... I believe it's Savir Wheeler, but let's just pretend like it is. And if we're if we're wrong, then who cares? Uh, how excited are you to hear from uh, the, those three tomorrow? I'm just very interested to see uh, what Oscar Sheboy's foot looks like. If there's going to be a boot on it or not. Honestly, other than that, I'm just kind of knee, 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 knee. knee. Sorry, right brace, knee, same thing, knee. Yeah, so I want to see uh, kind of how he's waltzing about, and if he's uh, it looks any better. I'm not sure if he will or not from that. Uh, well, I guess moving mass is what, only three or four days ago now. So I'm not sure how much uh, stuff we'll be able to learn from them, but I'm very definitely very excited to hear uh, Cal's you know, coach speak and see if we can get uh, probably a couple of uh, interesting quotes out of him. I'm sure we will. He loves to drop uh, yeah, you know, some bombs, if you will. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand kind of the outrage and just this shock value, I guess, of Oscar's injury and kind of the – the backlash that happened at Big Blue Madness, Zach, I thought it was really fascinating that, uh, you know, everybody just kind of talked, oh, my God, he limped his way up the stairs and couldn't take two steps and only could have the microphone in his hand. I, I thought that part was fascinating considering he had just had surgery the day before. So I don't understand why there was so much, uh, like, you know, just concern about I me. Mean, look, he had knee surgery the day before Big Blue Madness. That was day two of him you know, just leaving the hospital and having surgery. I was there. I interviewed Ugana Kingsley on Yenzo on Thursday morning, uh, and 
he clearly had just gotten back from the surgery. Loopy was in crutches, like clearly, uh, you know, clearly somebody that had just walked out of surgery. So I was expecting exactly what we saw that he was just, you know, inching his way back and, and, you know, the, the, no change in terms of his status update that he, like, he will be playing for the season opener. I think he'll probably miss the first uh, exhibition game. Uh, you know, clearly something they're going to be delicate with, but again, remember that at pro day when there were 50 NBA scouts in attendance, Oscar Sheway was playing on that hurt knee and looked tremendous, looked better than he was last year in terms of you know mobility, how well he was moving up and down the floor. So I don't know why there's this kind of just, you know, all these questions about his health and, you know, what he can be moving forward and all that. I think he's going to be just fine. This is a par for the course. He looked exactly the way I expected him to look at Big Blue Madness. He introduced his coach, and Cal came out and did the drop the mic thing and blah, blah, blah. Everything is, is according to plan. I have no concerns, Zach. I'm not sure what, what your thoughts are as well. Well, I'd say if, if Big Blue Madness wasn't timed out how it was timed out, no one probably would have even known that this had happened. Because uh, Cal kind of, you know, teased it at the beginning. And I think if this were just something that had happened, you know, maybe in July, they don't even talk about it at all and just let it continue to go by type thing. So it's always going to cause concerns with fans when the National Player of the Year is, Which is fair. in some sort of brace, even if, you know, he was just coming off the day off surgery. And that's kind of what he should be doing is limping around in a brace. Um, so as, we, as far as we know, you know, it's nothing serious, and he'll be he's supposed to play for the regular season. So uh, if we want to trust everything that uh, is out there, I, he, you know, he should be perfectly fine. So, uh, but like I said, it's just always you don't like seeing your best player uh, limping around up there, uh, especially when they're doing the big practice, you know, reveal the whole big blue madness thing. So, but yes, obviously, ideally, he's perfectly fine. He just had the surgery, and everything should be. According to plan, yeah. Like I said on last, like I said on last week's show, they it was just a knee scope, so they're just looking, you know, a, a little bit of irritation. They looked in there to see, you know, just just to double and triple check that everything's good, you know, uh, get, get a little cleanup procedure done. So uh, that, you know, as far as that concern is concerned, everything is just fine. Nothing has changed. I know there was some uh, one of these questions, and in fact, uh, make sure uh, if you want to get your questions answered, make sure you leave them in the chat. We're excited to talk to you guys tonight always love this format tim uh said any news on oscar's progress so uh yeah no, nothing no, nothing to uh speak of negatively in terms of oscar everything is looking uh great he is expected back sooner rather than later uh don't expect him in the blue white game obviously more opportunities to see ugana uh kingsley on yenzo which i you know we'll talk a little bit about some of the other stuff we saw big blue man it's kind of push recruiting to the tail end of that because obviously a big part of that was uh, was recruiting but uh, I don't think Ugana caught the memo of it's going to be a full court layup line Zach nobody tried in the scrimmage it was a very low-key uh, let's just go out here and have fun uh, he was trying pretty hard I, I personally enjoyed seeing him for the first time with my own two eyes outside of a pro, a pro day setting uh, I, I like the kid I think he's going to play some this year uh, a lot to like I love his personality we had to sit down with him on Thursday uh, that I absolutely loved just a, a lot of personality and, and you know just a high character kid heard nothing but positive things about his maturity and what he brings to the table but uh, I, I did think it was funny that he was the only player on the floor trying Zach yeah, I don't. Yeah, he definitely didn't get the memo of how Big Blue Madness has been going over the last few years. But you know, it, he actually did make. You know, most of the time when we were up there, we were just kind of you know going doing the live blog, uh, kind of paying attention to the computers. But Ugana would make you actually watch what was going on because it wasn't just going to be a layup line dunk routine with him. So uh, it was nice to see him uh, actually go. Honestly, I bet he they probably didn't tell him that they're not supposed to go. <laughs> like he probably just thought that he was actually supposed to go out there and play that hard. So I liked seeing that. Um, you know, if he's here next year, I bet you he doesn't. So it's just kind of a, a waltz-through type uh, deal for most of them. But I, I do like when you see a, a freshman, um, especially a guy like him who just got here, is like, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to come out and, and really try and play and show myself. So especially with Oscar, that's what people want to see too. So I'm sure he knows that, and he, he knows that he's could potentially have a decent-sized role on this team sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I asked him on Thursday, uh, you know, about what his role is going to be, what he's expecting this year. He said, look, I just want to help the team however I can. I'm a shot blocker. He told me uh, that he is the best shot blocker. He was the best shot blocker in high school basketball last season, and now he's planning on being the best shot blocker in college basketball moving forward this season. I don't know if he's going to be able to be that this quickly, I don't believe. Uh, but at least by the time he's done at Kentucky, Zach, he made it very clear that that's a goal of his to be the best defender, you know, 
be in the running for you know SEC Defensive Player of the Year, maybe National Defensive Player of the Year, whatever. I love uh, just that mindset of look. I know I'm a little bit raw offensively. I know that you know I'm a little rough around the edges. His you know I thought his shot looked pretty. Uh, you know he's knocking down some shots and you know the warm ups and stuff like that. Zach, uh, I really like what he showed in that area at pro day especially. Um, but this is a guy that he's clearly defensive oriented. Somebody that has really embraced what it means to be a you know standout interior defender. Uh, and and the fact that he has made it his kind of life's mission right now is to be the best shot blocker in college basketball. I think it's a pretty damn cool thing. I, I you always like a seven foot shot blocker that understands exactly who he is and knows what he's going to bring to the table when he steps uh, on the court. And that's exactly who, who Ugana is. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him. I'm looking forward to seeing what he produces. And uh, like I said, I'm not still not sure even with Oscar's kind of injury, whatever you want to call it. I don't think it'll, you know, maybe lob Ugana some minutes early in the season, but um, I love his attitude. Obviously that's exactly what you want out of a guy like him. That's a guy that definitely sounds like, you know, once, hopefully wants to stick around maybe for another year, kind of uh, develop himself and see how it goes. So yeah, just overall, I was very, very, I've been very impressed with Ugana just, and, and his personality seems very, just, he's very well-spoken and just knows, you, you know, he doesn't say too much or too little. He, he knows what he's saying. He knows how to pick his words. So I kind of, I just like talking to the kids so far or listening to him at least. Absolutely. So uh, in terms of the other theatrics, obviously nothing to take away from the scrimmage outside of maybe, you know, like what we talked about, the, the effort plays with Ugana. Outside of that, really nothing else to uh, even take away. So we'll move. What, what else did, like I'm trying to remember what were some of the bigger highlights during the actual scrimmage. I really don't even know if there were any. I mean, I, I genuinely think it was just a full court layup line. I genuinely think that's that's it. So, yeah. I I don't know what else there even is is to even discuss with the, the, the scrimmage portion of Big Blue Madness itself. But three point contest winner Antonio Reeves. It was a little kind of swaggy talk from C J Frederick before the event started. He was like, "Nah, I'm the reigning uh, three point contest champion. I don't need to be starting this. Uh, somebody else can can step in and and, and start at the, at the three point." Contest, Antonio Reeves steps in and goes, okay, I'll go on and do that. And he ends up winning the whole damn thing. I thought that was pretty cool. And then and then uh, Jacob Toppin in the three or in the dunk contest, Zach, does, isn't even a participant. He, he was added in as a late addition. In fact, because Adu Thiero was such a bad dunk contest participant, he took the microphone and they said, why would you, you know, Jake, they, they asked Jacob, why did you step in so late? Why, would, why is this something you want to do? And Jacob said, because Adu Thiero's dunk was so bad, I needed to step in and do something better than that because that was awful. So I appreciated the humor there with Jacob Toppin. A late entrant, he comes in and just wins the whole damn thing. So I thought that part was cool as well. Yeah, Jacob's definitely quickly becoming, I mean, Oscar is obviously the face, but Jacob is kind of becoming the voice of the team, if you will. Um, and so like right with there, he was, he's very big on, you know, taking the mic and having fun with his friends and, and his teammates. And even when we were out uh, doing the before the madness stuff, he was, talking to all the fans, racing kids in these inflatables and stuff like that. So outside of the actual basketball stuff, I like that uh, Jacob is really coming into, or he's growing into his uh, personality, I guess, because I know kind of early on he was a little bit of a jokester at times is what he kind of uh, said. So to see him off the court really uh, taking that step as well and be, becoming the guy that uh, you know the fans like and also his teammates as well was really cool. And I don't know why he wasn't even in the dunk contest in the first place because he's the a do the hero. Come on, now. Yeah, like I love the, the kid. We've we've you know. In, in fact, I think a commenter brought him up. Said uh, uh, Tom Jackson said a do do is a real sleeper on this team. I agree. I think a do is going to make an impact on this team. I think you know he's a six six, growing to be six seven ish guard. Uh, you know, kind of one of those. You don't really know what he is right now, but he's going to be something special down the road. And I hope that we can kind of get some real game reps for him uh, initially. Uh, but you know. Until then, uh, you know, I don't think, well, I don't understand why he was even in the dunk contest at all because he's clearly not that type of dunker. You know, he's kind of an in game dunker, high energy guy. But Damian Collins comes in, he jumps over three guys. I think it was Kareem Watkins, Xavier Wheeler, and uh, Walker Horn, maybe one of the Another walk-ons. dude that was under six feet. Yeah, well, yeah all, the, all the short guys, but it was a pretty impressive dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Livingston, I think he does kind of a, you know, uh, self alley oop 360 thing, and, and you know, that was a pretty cool dunk. He did a windmill, if I recall correctly, kind of did the old what's that called, Jack? The the that's like a half windmill, like a baby windmill. Yeah, the well, that this is yeah, this is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked it a lot, uh, what, what he did, but then Jacob Toppin steps in. He didn't even have the, like he missed all of his first dunks, Zach. 
and had one of the lowest scores initially, but his second dunk was just so damn impressive, kind of this baseline up and under like what you'd see in an NBA dunk contest, and that individual dunk was so much better than everything else that we saw that the crowd gave him the win. It like came down to a crowd vote, a fan vote, and the crowd just said, he's clearly the winner. He had the best dunk, even if he missed all the first ones. So, I I thought that part was cool, but a whole lot of misses. Hamadou Diallo, who won the NBA dunk contest a couple years ago, they interviewed him before and said, what are you looking for uh, when you're judging the, these dunks? And he said, I, you, you just can't miss. That's the only thing you can do. Just you just convert your dunks, don't miss. And I think there were more, misses. more misses than there were makes, Zach. So, unfortunately, it just wasn't as pretty as it could have been. Yeah. Definitely not, uh, but it's still nice to see some of those. Those were some, like, especially Topless Dunk, were some NBA dunk contest caliber dunks that you'd see in there. So uh, I think he just wanted to, I think he did the three-point contest and not the dunk contest initially to kind of prove himself, be like, you know, look, I've really changed my game. I can shoot threes. And he definitely can. I don't think he made it to the second round, if you will, of that three-point yeah. contest. But He, he has went a, cold light. He went very cold yeah, light. He has a smooth jumper, and he's definitely been working on it. So it was, it was. I like the fact that he was showing it off uh but yeah, the dunk contest, that's still where his bread is buttered. And like I was saying with the fan stuff, you know, they did, they took Damien and who else ever, uh, maybe Kareem or uh, Adu, and yep. said, you know, who who had the best dunk between these two guys? You know, kind of mixed results. So they said, well, how about Jacob? And the whole crowd goes crazy. So there's a lot of uh, Jacob love so far, and he's buying into it. And uh, just personally, I enjoy seeing that. So. Uh, in terms of the other stuff, uh, before the madness, you talked about uh, a little bit of kind of the team walking in, but it was a, a BBNBA super class essentially with uh, Hamadou Diallo. We talked about uh, you had uh, you know Kevin Knox, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Eulis, uh Brandon Knight. I'm just thinking off Nick the top Richard, of my head. Nick Richards, one of my favorite players of all time. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, 2012 national champion. A long, long list, Zach, of former Wildcats returned to Lexington for the first time. Uh, clearly, uh, you you could tell that they felt right at home, that all the good memories came back. You know, the, the trio of, of uh, you know, Hami, Kevin Knox, and Nick Richards, they clearly meshed um, immediately when they saw each other. And, you know, it just... Uh, clearly that brotherhood and the, the La Familia that the, everybody talks about, that was clearly in effect, clearly seeing the, all of those guys interact with one another. Well, it's probably pretty easy when you play each other multiple times a year in the it's NBA. True. You know, throughout the season, you get to see each other all the time. You know, maybe uh, coordinate your uh, your future Big Blue Madness visits a, a few months in advance. So, uh, But yeah, it was it was awesome to see all three of those guys, especially those three you mentioned that were just kind of seemed to be buddy-buddy around the whole time. Uh, I don't – those three didn't all play on the same team, did they? No. Nick Richards wasn't on that Kevin Knox team. Yeah, he was. Was he? So they were all together on yep. the same team? Yeah. So it was really cool to see all them get back together and hang out like that. Um, yeah, they, the actual blue carpet was cool itself. Uh, this year they cut it off to the public. Last year they had it for the public and all the yeah, Which I, I didn't agree with see. that decision. I, I didn't like that at all. I liked last year where it was kind of a, a fan-oriented event where the... Because you can't honor... The, I mean, again, seeing them out on the floor and on stage, they clearly got the celebration that they deserved, and, and that part went well. But part of it is kind of the fans going specifically to see those guys walking to through the red, you know through the blue carpet you know think of the, the reaction that Nick Richards would have gotten you know coming through the fans coming up clapping for him oh my god you know it's Nick Richards or you know Michael Kidd Gilchrist he had such a loud applause whenever he came through uh, on stage imagine what it would have been in kind of that intimate setting I, I thought that they should have had some fans there uh, but, you know, I, I, overall, I, I still appreciated the fact that they were there more than anything and clearly uh, a uh, message to be sent with the recruits, recruits in the stands, and we'll definitely talk about that in just a second. Uh, real quickly, Daniel Hager, uh, I need to know if you guys went uh, on the inflatable, uh, any of the inflatables at Big Blue Madness. I didn't, Zach didn't, but he did go on the uh, virtual reality uh, 4D roller coaster extreme extravaganza, which... Uh, looked like a blast, Zach. How, how was that? Yeah, so it was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Apparently they had this whole thing in Lexington Green. Shout to the plug there. That was free advertising for them. I don't know the name of it. But they have, it's like this thing you sit on and it, it moves with the actual VR roller coaster that you're going through. So I had the headset on, start off in this little roller coaster thing. Just you're, It looks like you're 100 feet in the air. To the side of you is just endless ocean and it literally feels like you're about to fall off. Uh, there was a point where it was taking me up to the top and then like dipping me over, and I had to hold myself back because I legitimately felt like I was going to fall forward with it. 
uh, and fall off the edge of this virtual map. So, and then we got to see Kareem Watkins go after, and I watched him uh, participate in it, and then I realized how ridiculous I must have looked while I was doing it. <laughs> you uh, did look ridiculous. But yeah, a lot of that stuff was really fun. Uh, they had, let's see, they had a petting zoo with alpacas. They had a donkey that had a little horn on it for some reason that looked miserable that poor donkey <laughs> he, looked, he looked absolutely awful jack actually fed some goats a couple of those he fed a bunch of nick richards uh, some feed we did some inflatables yeah like i said jacob toppin and savir wheeler multiple times were racing children in these inflatables it was like a giant obstacle course of sorts uh they said that honestly might have been the most fun for them the entire night if you're asking me personally I, that was their biggest smile but though about half the team did some autographs too took some pictures uh, we saw the American Idol star Alex Miller. Zach's personal favorite part of the sh- uh, of the whole event. Well, <laughs> I'm not a country shout, music fan. Shout we'll just, out Alex we'll Miller. There. Uh, shout out. Alex but it was Miller. cool to see him there. He had the you know there was some fans there that were sitting in the uh, sitting in the little crowd watching him, uh, giving him some some props and cheering him on. So what else? They had? they had a bunch of food, some alcohol, which we sadly didn't participate in. We were on the clock, if you will. Yeah. Um, what else did they have? I feel like they had some video game stuff too, yeah. uh, like some Papa Shot, you know, stuff like that. You get your face painted. Uh, Jack didn't do that, unfortunately, but overall, not a, the, not a face paint guy. The before the madness and the actual blue carpet, you know, if we're being one hundred percent honest, from my perspective, was more entertaining than the actual big blue madness event itself. So, if that's something that you haven't done before, uh, they did it last year. They're doing it. They did it this year. So, hopefully, they do it again next year. I would advise go. To go visit stuff like this. It's just an easy way to go see the players and the team and, and kind of hang out and see them in their natural, more natural habitat. Yeah, I, I really did appreciate the team's effort to, you know, include themselves among the fans and, mm-hmm. and to, you know, interact with them, like you said, Jacob, and, and you know, some of the other players, Savier racing the fans and the inflatables and, you know, Brennan Canada playing Papa Shot and Kareem Watkins doing the, the VR thing. They're clearly trying to make it a you know, a, a meshed event where they were, you know, clearly mingling with the, with the fans and, you know, every single, you know, fan came up and asked for pictures or autographs or whatever. And they, and they, you know, couldn't have been more, you know, gracious about that. And, and, you know, very open to, you know, whatever interactions came their way. So I, I did appreciate, you know, that, that they wanted it to be kind of an included event where it wasn't players and then the fans, you know, separated, you know, talking at a podium or something ridiculous, you know, they signed autographs to start with, but then clearly uh, made an effort to be together there. There, you know the tail end of the event so well, I, that, I did appreciate that and that's why i wanted the big blue or the blue carpet thing to be open to the public because you know from my fan perspective there's a difference between seeing a player 10 feet in front of you as opposed to seeing mm-hmm. them on the court or on the stage Absolutely. that far away so pers- personally i understand why a fan would want to be you know closer to the action like that and i remember last year they had hundreds and hundreds of people flooding in there just as all these uk players the men's and women's players and the coaches just kind of funnel down uh, you know, showing off all their. Everyone's wearing sunglasses inside, but to, you know, to their to their credit, it's bright. A lot of a lot of lights in there, so I'll give them that. And they're probably you know all that nil money. It's you can tell, you can tell the nil money is kicking in too because those guys are wearing stuff that I will never be able to afford in forty five years. So, <laughs> but the event like that actual pregame stuff, I really do enjoy. And like I said, if that's something you haven't done. Uh, the before the madness stuff, and hopefully they can do the blue carpet more public next year in the future. So. All the pregame stuff I was a big, big fan of. Uh, a couple more things before we move on to recruiting. Shout uh, out to Daniel for the question. Though. Shout okay, out to Daniel. Uh, Chris Fannin, will Damien Collins be shooting as many three-pointers during the season as he did at Madness? I hope not. But, I hope not, too. But he's clearly somebody that's capable. He, man, I'm telling you, he was doing some stuff at Pro Day that he was the best player on the floor, like by, by far, and it was because of some of the jump shots he was taking. I remember um, uh, back in the Bahamas, Co- Coach Cal told the, the few media members there that he's doing some Kevin Durant's type stuff in practice where, you know, he's a 6'10"-ish body, the long, ridiculous, you know, wingspan like Kevin Durant has where he lifts for jump shots and he just keeps going up and up and up and, you know, the defenders just can't keep going up and up with him so he almost shoots down at the basket Zach uh, and and you know some some real Kevin Durant type shots obviously he's a long way to go before he, we even get in that even ballpark but the type of shots that he's that he's shooting um, not a point forward or you know however you want to describe Kevin Durant clearly but uh, I understand some of the guard-like stuff that they're trying to get Damian Collins to do, and, and you know I think that's kind of what, what is going to lead him to, to lottery status. Um, I, I think he's a first-round pick. I think he showed that at, at Pro Day. Not going to use anything that he showed at, at you know the Blue Whites or the the Big Blue Madness scrimmage. But uh, I I like what I saw, but definitely don't want him shooting threes every time down the floor. 
No, I'm not a huge fan of that either. Uh, unless you know, unless he's unless you're if you're a guy like him who's about six nine or whatever six ten, he's listed at. If you're not shooting at least thirty three percent from three, you better not be shooting at all, in my opinion. So. Uh, I don't want him doing too much of that stuff. I want him playing above the rim, uh, and I know Cal will have him play like that. Uh, maybe let him. I, I know he showed off in the Bahamas. He, he's got a silky pull-up jumper now. That's something I want to see more of. I want to see him step into that 18-footer instead of stepping back for a 22-footer. Um, but just overall, I do agree. I think there's plenty of first-round potential with Damian Collins. Interestingly enough, I think there's a little bit of Obi Toppin and kind of how Damian is going to project at the next level, uh, he just got he's got to put on the same sort of weight that Obi has. But um, I think he can be better than a guy like that just because his jumper is already kind of coming along, um, and obviously the superior athleticism. So not many threes. I, it also just depends. You know, if he's playing with Oscar, I definitely don't want Damian Collins shooting any threes because then you're gonna, or I guess you probably would want him shooting threes, but that's gonna that's just not gonna be a, a pairing that works. Uh, so if you put Damian by himself at the five, uh, maybe let him spread out just a little bit to the 18, 18 foot range. That would be a little bit easier, I think. Uh, than if you want to spread him out to the 22, 20 feet line, you can do that, and I think you're still going to get, you know, semi good results inside inside the paint with a guy like Savir. And that's really what I'm worried about is getting Savir plenty of space in the middle. So it's going to be a conundrum of sorts because you're going to want a guy like Damian to shoot threes, but I don't because I don't think he's going to make them. If that all made sense, I might have. Uh, counterproductive, counterproductive myself there. <laughs> uh, Tom Jackson, on that note, do you think Collins starts over Toppin? Uh, I think it's a great question. Um, I, I think that I think Toppin is the more sure thing, and I think he's going to be very productive. I think he's going to be firmly in that 13, 14 point per game range, and, and I, I do think he's going to produce. But oddly enough, as high potential as Jacob Toppin is, I think Damian Collins is even higher. Uh, and, I, you know, he had they're just such different, you know, they're kind of complementary players. And I almost would be interested in seeing like what you talked about, seeing Damien at the five and then Jacob in there at the four. Uh, see, the, the issue is Damien projects as a four uh, in the NBA. If that's, you know, he's clearly trying to show a face up, face up game where he's, you know, a, kind of a stretch four knocking down three point shots. Uh, I think he's going to have to play alongside Oscar at times and, you know, really just focus his time you know on the perimeter and you know in that mid-range um but it's an interesting question Zach who do you think starts between the two maybe I guess we'll start who starts at the beginning of the year and then who finishes out the year as a starting four for the Wildcats I really don't know I thought I was pretty much convinced it would be Jacob heading into the Bahamas uh coming out of the Bahamas I kind of question myself a little bit even though I think Jacob performed better than Damian just but Damian still showed a lot of stuff that we didn't really know yet or know of yet so to see him kind of get there that quickly was definitely a uh, something that I didn't yeah. expect so I would still guess that Jacob starts at the beginning just because he's got the seniority um, and I think he's definitely the impact level player I mean if you bring Jacob off the bench he's the sixth Six man of the year in the SEC. I don't think that's. I think that's very likely, and I think that's something that they could do. Uh, that Cal would be open to doing, and then maybe closing lineups or closing games with Jacob at the four and Damian on the bench. So I could see it going either way. If I had to pick one right now, I would say Jacob starts the games. Me too. And I would still say that Jacob ends the games. Um, but I do think that that will be a conversation that's kind of had throughout the year, and there there will be games where Jacob doesn't play well. You know, a game or two. And Damien comes in and plays 30 minutes. Like, I, I do think that that'll happen 25, 30 minutes. So uh, those are the games that will really find out how good Damien is. But I, I would honestly be shocked if Jacob doesn't start over Damien. That would that would shock me a little bit. Yeah, I think they're both going to – it's going to be kind of a similar situation with what we saw with Keon last year with Jacob where it's going to be a one gets 25 minutes a game, the other gets 19, 20. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be plenty of, of minutes for both players – uh, both plenty of opportunities to uh, uh, make a, a significant impact. Um, all right, let's uh, jump into some of the recruiting stuff, uh, some of the big recruiting stuff. I mean, we're in a very important, crucial time. I mean, we're a month away from signing day uh, where it's all going to kind of come together rather quickly. And I think the, the one everybody's waiting for is DJ Wagner. But a significant part of that was uh, actually happened this weekend. DJ being, you know, he was there this weekend. And um, by all accounts, things went extremely well. I thought it was a tremendous gesture that uh, Kentucky had the entire Camden team sitting front court or you know basically right there um you, you know court side 
uh, you know, DJ's dad, Dewan, you know, chartered a bus as he has the last several years. Uh, you know, Camden to Lexington. He joins the, uh, you know, he decides to take an unofficial visit so he can ride with his team. They have the entire team sitting courtside, Dewan there sitting with the team. Then DJ sitting with, you know, Aaron Bradshaw and, and uh, you know, Justin Edwards, Reed Shepard, Ian Jackson, uh, you know, Travis Perry, the, the big headlining recruits. Um, but before all of that, uh, Zach, Aaron Bradshaw is a Kentucky Wildcat. What an absolute surprise. What a get. Uh, he has a, a, a commitment schedule for November 16th. He randomly, out of the blue, announces that he is a Kentucky Wildcat, says that Kentucky is home for me, Lexington is home for me, uh, which, oddly enough, uh, he found realized that Lexington was home for him without even arriving yet. He, he made the commitment on his way to Lexington, to the facility, so it's not even like he showed up and said, oh, hell yeah, this is what I want to be. Uh, this is a dude that just fell in love. Uh, in the past, knew that Kentucky was home for him. He flirted with other schools or other schools making a run for him. Uh, I know he was thinking about visiting Texas, thinking about visiting UCLA, USC. Uh, had some stuff going on behind the scenes where they were making a push for him as well and kind of got desperate there for a minute. Uh, all of that stuff didn't matter. He ended up deciding that Lexington was his place, was his home, and he makes it official 30 minutes before Big Blue Madness starts. Zach, uh, your uh, initial thoughts on that commitment? Uh, huge. Obviously, we've, we touched on it on our very random, just out of the middle of nowhere uh, podcast that we did uh, during Bibu Madness. But yeah, seven foot one, uh, about 210 pounds, uh, long wingspan, great shot blocker, really expanding his game. Uh, kind of has some, not nearly the, ath- the athlete that Damian Collins is, but has some of the similar skill set that uh, they're looking for, at least, or they have comparative skills. Uh, they like to dribble the ball a little bit. Um, Aaron Bradshaw has a little bit of a post game too that he's been working on, uh, or at least that I remember seeing. So he's got that in his bag too. Um, but yeah, having him, I, I guess you just go you go with your gut the first time, right? So he was gonna commit to Kentucky back in the summer, and I guess the the three months that they took to think about it, there wasn't much to think about, or maybe that was just all the, the confirmation they needed because it didn't feel like he there wasn't much hype around all these other like the Texas and the use like they were all mentioned but there was never really a point where another team took a lead or anything like that so it was always Kentucky kind of the entire way and then uh you know you didn't exactly know when it which way it was going to go or when exactly it was going to go down even though he did drop that commitment date but uh yeah to have him do pull the trigger when he did especially I'm sure he uh, gave DJ a couple uh ri- that you know nice elbows to the rib as well during the actual game itself I mean look and we'll you know continue to dive into Aaron Bradshaw stuff and you know if you guys have questions in the chat by all means my guy BBN MJ said uh, major major get Aaron Bradshaw a bunch of other comments in here talking about Aaron look I mean that's that's a fantastic get but it felt like everything about Big Blue Madness tied back together to DJ we talked about the entire team sitting courtside uh, Camden's entire high school with Dewan sitting there kind of anchoring the bench uh, they were all there DJ there with Aaron Bradshaw. You get Aaron to commit 30 minutes beforehand. I was told that Aaron's commit was supposed to be Thursday as kind of a surprise, you know, out of the blue commitment. They push it to 30 minutes before Big Blue Madness. For what reason? For that reason. Exactly. Um, you get the Nocta balls. The, you know, DJ just signs that NIL deal with Drake sublabel uh, with Nike. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of a late, you know, development that happened over the last couple months. UK uses the Nocta balls as the money balls for the three-point contest. You, you're telling me that's a coincidence? Stop it. That's that's insane. And you get the We Want DJ, uh, you know, chants from the student section. I I think it used to be louder, and the, and the entire crowd used to kind of embrace the We Want fill-in-the-blank whoever is in attendance. But I did appreciate the gesture from the, the fan base. They tried it, and they it was loud. It. We heard it all the way up on the opposite side of the uh, of the arena up on press row uh, it was clearly heard loud and clear we want dj we want dj uh, i really i really appreciated that gesture and you know he did as well uh, all of the talk about you know the former cats in attendance you know why is kentucky home why is it important you know uh here's la familia all that stuff it just everything was tied in perfectly together uh, I, I think you know dj posted on his instagram story he had a lot of you know close camden you know, friends and family in attendance, you know, uncles and and aunts and a bunch of different guys, uh, all there. They took a big joint kind of team family picture in the UK locker room. And I mean, it's like 15 people deep, 20 people deep of, you know, 
DJ's closest inner circle. So, all things considered, look, last week he signs an, an official NIL deal, a, an official partnership sponsorship deal with Nike. Nike announced him as a Nike athlete, Zach. In the release, DJ says, I'm very excited to represent the Nike brand next season at Camden and beyond. And I think those two words are absolutely crucial. And beyond. Look, this kid is not signing with an Adidas school. We've said it on this show several times. That kid uh, is not signing with Adidas school. He's not going to Louisville. Kentucky has all the momentum. Uh, and I would be shocked if we don't hear. I mean, he's going to be an early signing period type guy. Uh, and I'd be absolutely shocked if, if Kentucky doesn't have this thing wrapped up sooner rather than later. Uh, and it's a, a very, very exciting time. Um, you know, Tom Jackson, when do you think DJ commits? Several other ones. Um, Del- Jack's spidey senses were tingling during Big Blue Madness. He was thinking, I mean, could he commit? Could he commit right now? It was. I, I was the the Brian Windhorse. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why would they do that? Why would Cal do that? All of the things just tied together so perfectly. I was like, man. I was. I sat over to and, and I leaned over to Drew Franklin. And I was like. Would it be a recruiting NCAA violation if he just walked out on the floor right now, took the microphone, and said, I'm committing, go BBN, I'm coming? Like, would, would that be a violation? Or it would have been better if Drake just came out and said, get up here, here's my OVO, you know, bring it all full circle. Bring the whole not to thing together. Drake announces a commitment. If it's, I wonder, okay, so we haven't gotten this far with NIL. If it's a paid partnership with Nocta, with Drake as the sponsor, could Drake announce him? There as like a, a, an official commit of Kentucky, even though it's a a, a UK sanctioned and, and promoted event. Probably not for that reason. That's, that you just but said. that's fascinating because he is an official paid partner with Drake. So I, I wonder how that. Again, we're talking hypotheticals, but it's fun that we can even have these hypotheticals because it just goes to show how ridiculously far along we are in this process that we're talking about Drake and his connection with the Kentucky program, and Nike's affiliation, and now DJ Wagner's affiliation with Nike. It's like everything is this big intertwined spider web of pro-Kentucky vibes. And, and the Lance Ware and Kareem Watkins thing I don't think should be overlooked either. I mean, that's you've got two guys that are very, very, very close to DJ. Uh, and they've been there for a couple of years already, so they know they know exactly what to pitch. I think that's probably a little bit of an overlooked factor too. Uh, BBN recruits only. Did you guys know he was going to commit to Kentucky last Friday? I did not at the time that I didn't, but uh, that was clearly made for a reason because I had heard immediately afterward that they were planning on doing the surprise commitment on Thursday, that that was ready to go, uh, you know, ready to be announced. And they decided to push it back specifically for. Uh, you know, for Big Blue Madness, I was told the people that were even like putting it out and, and you know, get, you know, promoting it that they were only given like a thirty minutes head, thirty minute heads up on when it was coming and when it needed to be ready to go. So it was a very clear, tight lipped. We are not letting anything out. Uh, we want this to be, you know, the shock value of this to be what it was. I, I think the shock value is exactly what we needed it to be. The he's going to commit on November sixteenth. You know, it, it wasn't even on my radar because. When you set a commitment date like that, you're like, okay, he knows where he's going. He just, you know, has a certain idea about what he wants to be, uh, you know, where he wants to go. And, and you know, I just left it at that. And then when it popped up on my phone, you know, it was, it was funny, Zach. We were sitting there on, on, you know, the big blue carpet. And it just happened by chance because I was recording all the, you know, former Wildcats coming in. And, you know, the U.K. basketball team had just come in and all that. And I just ended a, a video recording of whoever just walked in and I just so happened to look at my phone and the notification popped up right then Aaron Bradshaw commits to Kentucky and it was like like a fever dream or something it was like just it didn't like my brain was like short-circuiting looking at it it was like Aaron Bradshaw commits to Kentucky and I'm like wait isn't he he isn't he here isn't he about to walk in is this like is this all a dream is it, it was fascinating how that all unfolded and i I literally tapped you on the shoulder, showed you, and I was like, I need to get my ass upstairs. And you were like, you need to get your ass upstairs. So I go up and write the commitment post real fast. Thank God I already had it pre-written from back in uh, July when he was supposed to freaking commit. And that was a big mess and a half when, when that got pushed back and all that. But that was a done deal in the past. Home is where the heart is, and it's always been that for Aaron Bradshaw. Glad that he's officially on board. Um, very, uh, very glad that. Uh, Three top ten commits now. Very, very. Fourth. 
four top 25. So, yeah, let's, well, fourth on the way, fifth, you know, potentially you'd have five top 30 recruits. So, yeah, let's, I mean, we haven't really gotten your chance to, uh, you know, talk about just, you know, what the class together means and and the cohesiveness of it. You know, what are your thoughts on where things stand? And, uh, you know, are are you liking the super class vibes that John Calipari is uh, throwing right now? Well, to kind of build off that before we dive into it, a lot of people are asking about Ron Holland in here. Uh, eh, not going to happen, I don't think. I think that one's pretty much gone. Listen, I, before, before you jump on that, Ron, UK was going to get him back on campus, and he actually reached out to UK and said that he was wanting to schedule another follow-up visit uh, before he made an official decision. Um, that clearly didn't happen. In fact, his mom just posted on on Twitter they went to Arkansas this past weekend, um, and she said fifth and final trip for us before sitting down. You know, she didn't say we're about to make a decision or whatever, but she said fifth and final trip. Um, so there was a a brief moment where UK was working to get him back on campus. He you know he reached out and said you know we would like to come back. Clearly, that's not going to happen. Um, it's that one I think is going to come down to the you know come down to the wire. I think Arkansas is in a really good spot. I, I think uh, Texas is, is in a really good spot. I think it's going to be one of those two. You know UCLA I, I, they were making a strong push, but I definitely think it's going to be one of uh, one of Texas and Arkansas. Maybe he ends up going to the G League, and then that'd be you know even better for Kentucky because we wouldn't Don't have to, to, to w- wouldn't have to see him in the SEC because I am a very big fan uh, of his. But anyway. Assuming that the class is closed out, I think there was another question about um, Mark Tubbs. Any additional five stars beside DJ still available in twenty three? There, available. there are, but but this is Kentucky's class. This it, it, when if and when Kentucky adds DJ Wagner, that will be the final you know nail in the coffin. That'll be the final uh, commitment for that class. Assuming that's what it is, the super class. You know, four top ten recruits, a, a fifth in the top twenty five ish. Uh, Zach, uh, you know, how excited are you for uh, the, the group as a whole? Uh, this is going to be a good class. Uh, we've talked many, many times about how the 23 class isn't necessarily as top-heavy as some of the good classes have been in the past. But uh, as we also said in our Brandon or Aaron Bradshaw little quick post, you know, it's better to have the best of a bad class than have a bad class of a bad class. So I'm perfectly fine with, you know, what they've brought in. I really think that Justin Edwards has a lot of NBA potential. He's a guy that I've just really started to like. He's a guy that you like more and more when you watch him. Kind of the same with Aaron Bradshaw as well. And if you want to even throw in Ugo for this, you know, to count as this uh, freshman class, you've kind of got all your bases covered outside of like a true power forward, which, you know, Justin Edwards and Aaron Bradshaw can both play power forward in in today's basketball. So uh, I like that they cover all their bases. I think DJ, you know, Assuming DJ comes, I still am very interested. I, that's the only word I'm going to use is interested to see how DJ and Rob work together, especially with a coach like Cal who, you know, needs his point guards to kind of control things. And, you know, who's going to be the main guy there? Who's going to, is it going to be an Ashton Hagens type situation where you've got two other guards and they all just kind of split duties type thing? I think that's a possibility, especially if Reed comes in and he's actually. Uh, you know, is good or lives up to the billing. I think I still think you might want to give him a year, but uh, those are the two that I'm interested to see the most of kind of how it plays out. But I'm really high on Edwards and Bradshaw. Uh, Reed has potential to be a, a very long term player here that can be very, very good. So uh, I think this is the best class of any, you know, program of the, any, there's not another program in the country that has a better 23 class than Kentucky. Um, I think we can say that pretty much with. Uh, you know, authority at this point, once DJ does commit, uh, you know, you got like guys like AJ Johnson and uh, Isaiah Collier. I can't even think, is there any other five stars still out there other than Ron Holland? You know, those aren't guys that uh, they just aren't in right now. Um, AJ Johnson, we've talked about before. We do like him. He's a good player. Um, but with with how UK is already recruiting all these other guards, it's just not going to happen at this point. And what I'm rooting for with AJ Johnson, who I'm a very big fan of, what I'm rooting for is him to, you know, kind of, get Louisville fans all up in arms and you know there's all of the talk that right now he's better than DJ because Louisville fans are starting to realize that DJ is not coming they are kind of selling themselves on uh, on AJ Johnson and I think he's going to end up at the G League regardless because I think that's just kind of 
how things are going to unfold. I think Texas, Te- Texas is, in a good, is in a good spot. But I think Louisville's in a good spot as well. It, it would just absolutely make my year if he, you know, that you Louisville fans kind of build up this player in their head uh, and, you know, kind of talk themselves into him being a superstar. And then, you know, he leads on like he's going to commit there and then he's going to go to the G League. I think that would be just absolutely terrific. Um, g- great content here on the show. And we would definitely uh, have a field day with that one. John P. Ryan asked, who is the leader for Carter Knox? He was on campus there as well with Ian Jackson. I think uh, uh, Carter is in a very unique situation because I do think that the vibes are very, very strong in Lexington. I think the relationship right now is great with his uh, with his dad and, and with Kevin and the, how things went uh, during the first recruitment, during the first time, uh, the first Knox during, during his time in Lexington. I think things went um, extremely, extremely well, but the only issue with that is there is a deep, deep, deep relationship with uh, Kevin Knox, Carter Knox, or you know Carter, I guess as well. Uh, but but you know his dad and Kenny Payne. I think that Kenny Payne is a very, very big influence on all of their lives. And I think you would want Kevin to be more actively recruiting him to Kentucky than he is. But I think he's kind of taking a step back and going, "You need to make your own decision for yourself. I trust you. I trust your process. You know, go make a name for yourself if you want to." Uh, you go play for Uncle Kenny if you want to down the road, or go play for you Uncle know Cal. Uncle Cal, whoever you want. Uh, that he doesn't have a bad decision. I do think it'll come down to one of those two schools. Uh, if I had to guess, I do think that Kentucky ends up landing him because of just the trust factor in Cal. They know that brand is is you know it's it works to a science. It's you know worked to perfection time and time again. It worked with Kevin. You know the way it, it has um, developed him for the NBA. I uh, I definitely. Uh, I think that, that Kentucky probably is, you know, it's like a 60-40 type deal. I think this this visit went very well for Kentucky, and, and I, I definitely think that it kind of pushed them a little bit. But then he's going to be a little bit live again this weekend. So um, that one's a very interesting one because of the deep uh, Kenny Payne ties there, Zach. Yeah, and if you're a Kentucky fan, you probably don't want Kevin Knox doing any recruiting at all because Kenny Payne was his assistant coach in New York for – two, three yep. years, something like that. Absolutely. So there's even more of a you know recent relationship than with Cal. So uh, you probably want Kevin out of it, even though he was. I don't. I, I would. I'm curious to see if Kevin's going to be showed at Louisville Live or whatever they call it. You know, like how Kevin Knox was. So obviously, he probably won't. But if I were Louisville, I would maybe think about getting Kevin Knox on the stage somehow, some way. I don't. UK fans might have a bit of a field day with that one, but that would be. If you're uh, trying to recruit a guy, that would be a, that. That might be how I go about it. Yeah, um, there are a couple others that um, Titanium Titan says. What do y'all think of Jakai Howard, and is he seriously interested? No, don't like him. Not very good. Because um, we already have so much talent, he wouldn't get much playing time. That was a hat on the table type deal. He, there's no real offer there. They like him. Um, that that whole trip to overtime elite Zach was very weird because all three of them kind of sort of hinted at. Kentucky offered Jaden Williams, um, Ja'Kai Howard, who's the third? I can't even Nos think off the top of it. And Nas Cunningham. All three of them kind of are claiming Kentucky offers, high Kentucky interest. And I don't really know if Kentucky loves any of the three of them. Uh, just very unique, uh, very unique situation. I, I don't think Kentucky will get any of the three, and I don't think it's that big of an issue. The overtime league is still very weird to me with how colleges are going to be recruiting yeah. it because they're not getting paid. They're still technically high school students. They're preserving their eligibility, what have you. But it just seems the I feel like the recruitments in that are going to be fishy, especially because overtime obviously wants them to stay with overtime. So uh, they're kind of separate from you know Kentucky going down there and sending them offers. But just in general, I'm a little bit skeptical of how uh, things are going to go with that. Uh, BBN recruits only. Do you think Kentucky will land Ian Jackson? It's the ultimate 23 or 24 thing. If he reclasses to 23, I think the only way he comes is if there's some wackiness that happens with Rob Dillingham or, you know, something like that. And, you know, again, there's somebody on the chat that said, uh, you've hinted a couple times about a possible decommit. I'm not saying he's going to decommit, but I'm saying considering. It's just something that when you think about it, you're like, how is Rob DJ? Like, and when, if you follow Rob really, really closely, he's got a personality. He's yeah. got a very big personality. So just. We have I have no sort of inclination to believe that he would ever even decommit from Kentucky, but it's not something that would necessarily shock me. If if something wacky were to happen, I'm not expecting that to happen. I do yes. think that he'll make I'll it on campus. Um, if it were to happen, I think UK would push you know seriously hard for 
a reclass for Ian. I do think that he would end up coming. If he stays 24, I think Kentucky has a very, very, very strong chance, and that's kind of what UK is rooting for. Fingers crossed. That's kind of the go-to dream scenario for him. Ian is, uh, you know, I think arguably their top target in 24. They love what he brings to the table on both ends of the floor. My personal favorite in the class outside of Flory Badunga. Uh, there's another question up top about Flory Badunga, about uh, and we most certainly will. Uh, in fact, let's just do it. Um, t- t- <laughs> fan club. Tim, Tim, or Ty M. Um, is there any news on uh, Badunga after Cal's visit? Um, okay. Yes, there, there, there is. Uh, Flory got the offer from Kentucky, and I talked about it on last week's show um, that I confirmed it with UK that it wasn't some fake, you know, fake interest offer. Like very, very serious interest on Kentucky's end. They think that they have a shot to get him. They think that they uh, can get a, a very significant foot in the door. I've talked to Flory's people several times, and they are adamant adamant that the news of um you know the cincinnati hiring the son of the indiana elite program director uh drew adams so basically the guy that kills the, said the, loud, the guy it? that helped him you know one of the guys that were instrumental in getting into the states and kind of building his brand and reputation of kind of the dominant low post presence that he is um they were adamant that that was that that's not a done deal that that it, they can you you know people can say whatever they want analysts can say whatever they want but uh, they are absolutely wide open and they wanted it pushed out there as much as possible they're like it, it, it's hurting Flory it's it's upsetting Flory that everybody just assumes that uh, he's a done deal Cincinnati that he was gonna f- follow Drew Adams wherever he went that that's not the case um, I think they have made it very clear to. Kentucky that they have a significant shot in Kentucky like I said on the show for several you know several times now that if Kentucky felt they had a shot they were going to bust through that door and make it very clear that he is their top priority in 24 I mean he's the most dominant player in I think high school basketball I think he is a, a surefire college star everything that you love about Oscar Sheboy is what Flory Badunga is if UK has a chance to get him and as I said this on the last show he's a must get he is a must get for uh, if, if he's gettable, he's a must-get. And I think that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Zach, I know that you're a big fan of Flory as well. Uh, what would his commitment mean, and do you think Kentucky has a chance? Oh, I mean, I, I don't – yeah, I'm never going to count out Coach Cal or Kentucky in a situation like this, especially with a five-star guy like Flory. Um, yeah, obviously I love him. I'm a big, big fan of him. I agree. I think he's the most dominant big in all of high school basketball. I think you put him in college right now, and he averages a double-double. Um, like he, Absolutely. The college game is – it's been a big thing this year where you've got five players, the five best players in the country since you're all big men. Well, Flory is in that exact same mold, and he's the type of guy that would come in and just dominate college basketball for three or four years within, with NIL, where he wouldn't, you know, he's probably not going to be an ideal NBA player right now uh, because he. He really can't do anything outside of he's, five he's feet. Seriously, just can't being totally a five footer. Yeah. So, but he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it in college, or he won't. You know, to a point at least. It just kind of depends on the team around him. But he's a guy that's just so good elsewhere that he can make impacts on the game and in pretty much every sense of it, um, aside from maybe clogging the paints a little bit. So that's just something that you, you deal with the, with a guy like him, though. And uh, if you know, if the, if the bigs are really back in in this in the modern basketball of, or at least college basketball, you got to go get Flory because he's going to be a guy that dominates for at least two years. Uh, John Piron asked, any more recruits visiting soon? Flory, they are in the process. So his guardian just got married this past weekend. That's part of the reason they were going to go to Big Blue Madness, but the timing just didn't work out, scheduling conflict. Uh, his guardian just got married this past weekend. So shout out to uh, his guardian. Hope uh, all of that went well. They're going to take some time off, um, you know, kind of distance themselves from recruiting for a week or two. Uh, just kind of, you know, let them – decompress a little bit and you know it's been just absolutely hectic with all the offers coming in they've taken a couple big visits here recently so uh when that dies down kentucky will be his first visit um they are very very interested in kentucky they are excited uh, and had this wedding not been this past 
weekend that uh, he would have been there for Big Blue Madness. So uh, be on the lookout for a visit from Flory in the very near future. I know Ace Bailey, he's planning a visit. He's supposed to come to Big Blue Madness, but he uh, ended up pushing that back. That's in the process of getting scheduled. Uh, I know Dink, Jasper Johnson. Dink Pate is also uh, very, very high on Kentucky. Kentucky's very, very high on him. That didn't work out. He is also in the process of scheduling a visit to Kentucky. Uh, as Zach said, Jasper Johnson, uh, he was on the visit list. I think Kentucky... Uh, was planning on so he had a football game with Woodford County Friday night Kroger KSR game of the week absolutely they KSR were Kroger. thinking that there was a chance that Jasper would be able to get done with this football game it would get done in time and he would be able to make it to kind of the after party ish after you know recruiting stuff where they'd at least be able to sit down with him uh, but then UK ended up just visiting him on Thursday and it didn't really there wasn't a real rush to get him over to you know, Rupp Arena, he can visit any time. So uh, that visit will be happening in the very near future. But UK did get a chance to see him, um, uh, talk to him on Thursday, which I think was a big visit. I do think that he's going to end up being a top 25-ish kid in that 25 class. And I do think that Kentucky will certainly be uh, in a very, very high spot considering, you know, the obvious, obvious uh, family relationships and mm-hmm. uh, who his dad is. So uh, plenty to like about that. Uh, Mike Fla- Flower. Yeah, I think Flower. Um, how is Shepard looking? Uh, got it. Cool, got. Yeah, I haven't seen him. Cal. Cal. Uh, cool update from him. We're talking a little bit about uh, blue white game here in just a bit. Then we're going to wrap up the show rather quickly. Definitely not because the Celtics are about to play at seven thirty uh, tonight. Definitely not that. Um, Go Tyrese Maxey. But. Blue-white game is next week, this weekend in Pikeville, um, and uh, little birdie told me that Reed Shepard was going to be hosting a, his own youth camp down in Pikeville, where after the after uh, the camp is over, he will be uh, presenting a big, significant check to flood relief efforts in eastern Kentucky, which absolutely awesome gesture there from Reed Shepard. I was told the check could, could be as much as $10,000. It's, it's going to be something that they're very proud of. This was supposed to be what was going to happen with the you know high-profile recruiting event that was going to happen in Lexington before that thing unfolded and how stupid that was with the KHSAA. Uh, I can't believe that that um, unfolded the way it did. Absolutely ridiculous on their end. Uh, just absolutely stupid. You're going to get all the players, Flory Badunga, uh, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, Travis Perry. I mean, unbelievable event that was going to be here in Lexington that got canceled because the KHSA is stupid and I just, whatever. The rules um, that they ended up arguing against a month later saying that they were wrong. But. Absolutely not. Absolutely nonsense. Anyway, the check that they were going to present for that, again, oh my God, this event's amazing for flood relief. We're excited to help you know the people that need it. Uh, they finally you know, are going, okay, well, we have this big check that we're excited to present because of how, you know, much they need it and we're excited and, you know, we want to help however we can. So they finally came together with an event plan and it's Reed Shepard's own youth camp. He's going to get some of the local uh, school kids that are down in Pikeville host, I think, 50-plus kids from grades, I think, first through eighth grade uh, there in the local area. He's going to host his own youth camp, the Reed Shepard Youth Camp, um, you know, teach them the ins and outs of basketball, little individual drills, and the, at the conclusion of it, present a $10,000 check to uh, flood relief in Eastern Kentucky. Zach, unbelievable idea. Glad that they were able to pull it all together. No thanks to the KHSAA. Yeah. No, it's going to be an awesome event. We're looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be. I'm interested to see how Pikeville kind of sets it up and hosts it. I think they're going to do a tremendous job, honestly. Uh, obviously, UK is involved, so they'll try and pull out the, all the bells and whistles. But I love the Blue White game. You want to talk about, like, Ever, since I'm about, about 10 years old, I've always been, I switched away from Big Blue Madison went to the Blue-White game if I'm trying to, you know, really learn about the team and figure out what's going on. So add on the fact that you're going to actually get to watch the team scrimmage, plus Reed Shepard uh, doing this, you know, fundraiser as well. It should be a really, really fun uh, few hours down there in good old eastern Kentucky. The 606, I believe is what they call it. The, the, the good old I've heard once good, twice. good old 606 uh, Carlene Yates go big blue nation a bunch of good fans this is a this chat was popping today I'm very very grateful for all of the uh, fans we have in here a bunch maybe of different we, people we too over, we should, uh, uh, that's what I'm going through before we wrap this thing up uh, real quickly uh, Brandon Henry how do you think Aaron Bradshaw will fit next to Uganda Kingsley next season do you believe a DJ Wagner commitment is coming shortly we already answered the second part definitely yes on that uh, quickly your thoughts on uh, uh, that one, Aaron Bradshaw and Ugana side by side together next year. Uh, I hope to never see it. 
to be honest with you. That's only going to work if your name is Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, so I don't really want to see those two next to each other unless one of them decides that they can start shooting uh, you know, three-pointers pretty consistently. So those two just probably wouldn't work together to kind of have some similar skill sets as well. So, uh, Although, but I think those to, are guys you can stack. to Aaron's credit, he is expanding his game Unbelievably, I mean, I couldn't tell you how low I was on him when I when I left the Hoop Hall Classic a year ago. I could not have been lower on his game. I thought that he was sluggish. I thought he was clunky. I thought he didn't move very well. wasn't very fluid. wasn't very mobile. Uh, you know, did some things right. I thought you know he was an okay shot blocker, but I was could not be more you know less impressed with him. Uh, the way he has grown his game, you know, looks like he's gotten into yoga clearly and you know moving better and uh, you know more athletic, knocking down three point jump shots, doing stuff. I mean, he had a really really impressive peach jam. I mean, just. Flat out, really, really impressive Peach Jam left UK, uh, thinking that there was a chance he could be a number one pick down down the road, and uh, you know I think that's a little bit far fetched for right now, uh, but there's a reason that people are starting to th- have that mindset. It's because he is expanding his game and is he's trying to be kind of that stretch four, you know, seven foot one stretch four. So, well, I, so if you can if you can have one of those two guys play a power forward position or a stretch forward, you kind of do have it in Aaron. So if you want to try and make it work, you can because that team obviously wouldn't allow any shots at the rim uh, ever probably. They'd, you know That would be an elite shot blocking team. But uh, those are those would be two great guys to stagger as well because you're never going to have a guy uh, that can't block a shot in the game, which is going to be always huge. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, yeah. Yeah, so I, that'll be a very interesting to see how, how Cal works it out. Me personally, uh, like I said, unless one of them starts shooting – threes uh and it's interesting and interestingly enough the seven foot one guy is the guy i'd rather have at power forward than the six eleven guy uh but that's just kind of how those those uh, skill sets play out for those two so you know like i said me personally i'd probably rather not see that one uh but i think that's definitely something that cal will try because when you have options like that it, it's kind of silly not to honestly uh jason parish uh when will dj commit I already talked about that and is there any chance he pulls a zion and picks a school no one sees coming that'd be mm-hmm. hilarious uh it would be hilarious but no um uh, because also there's not another school involved that's cheating yeah like duke did for zion uh there's not a some random house for zion, you know the dj's family that's set up for you know villanova or whoever the hell's hell else would be involved uh what would be that th- third mystery team you think, think indiana uh, uh no nah, i mean it'd be villanova? Me- it'd be memphis memphis memphis, memphis for sure uh, it'd definitely be memphis but um yeah dj i mean and thankfully the big power people in basketball are pulling dj to kentucky so like it's all of this is aligning for Kentucky for this one. Um, I wouldn't sweat that one all. Um, TAIM, good luck to the women's team. Hopefully they can knock off some teams and surprise some folks. That was a big point of emphasis today for Kyra Elsey, actually uh, talking about kind of just that mindset of it's going to be a power uh, power struggle there in the ACC, and she knows that they got to have a chip on their shoulder to kind of beat the, the big dogs in there. Freddie Maggard, enjoy uh, guys. Hey, great stuff. Shout out, Freddie. Shout out, Freddie. Appreciate you. Steven Whitaker, can Madness just be the men's team going forward? No. No. Uh, Danny Guillotine. team was boring, too. Danny Guillotine is uh, a Duthier, the most underrated player on the roster. Yeah, probably. I think that's fair. Um, or Reeves. Brennan Hacker, very excited for this year and next. Uh, me as well. Uh, Tom Jackson, how do you think this class ranks in terms of Cal's teams? Chances we win a title? Definitely think there's a chance... Um, I guess I'm not sure if he's talking about 23 uh, in the 23-24 year or chances we win a title this year. I think we, there's a very significant chance we win the title this year. Uh, next year's class, I don't think I think it's kind of like the 2014 class, 2013 class, uh, where it's a bunch of highly ranked guys that I don't think ended up being that good, and it took a while for them to come together, uh, and then they ended up being very good by the end of the year. I think that's going to be you know kind of more quantity over quality to start with, and then they kind of develop into quality by the end of the year, if that makes sense. Um, definitely think that's there. There are real comparisons there. Um, um, my guy BBNMJ, uh, Cal is back the addition of Chin and uh, Orlando is showing it's making a major impact. Major get in Aaron Bradshaw. Completely agree. Tom Jackson Reeves is a great player. Super happy to have him. Also, Bradshaw's a great addition. Agree on both accounts. Um, I believe Mike Flower, if we stay healthy, we will go to the final four with a bunch of dancing emojis and basketballs. Completely agree with that. I think we have run out of comments. I mean, goodness gracious, we had a bunch. Uh, Karen Roberts is Reed playing tomorrow. Um, playing tomorrow for high school. Do you know? Is that a thing? 
No. The high school season doesn't start until early December. Yeah. So unless it's some sort of preseason thing that the KHSAA decided that that they that he can play on that one. Not sure. Um, all right. Uh, Brandon Henry, any update on the Kentucky-Indiana series? Yeah, def, that's that's going to be announced here shortly. That's a done deal. I think it's going to be a, a neutral site, neutral site, home, home, where by the by the very – oh, Saturday. Uh, he will not be he will not be playing. He's just hosting the event. Um, sorry, Karen. I, I would love to see Reed in this blue-white awesome. game. That would be pretty freaking <laughs> awesome. But uh, he won't be playing. He's just going to be hosting the uh, youth camp beforehand. So very excited for so that. So will he be at the blue-white game? Then I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Uh, Jimmy Williams, been able to watch a live uh, video. Hope you're doing well, Jack. Appreciate you. I think it's the same Jimmy W. Thanks for keeping us updated, fellas. Finally able to watch a live video. My guy, it's good talking to you. Good seeing you. I think that wraps up this show. Plenty of stuff. Again, thank you guys so much. There were so many comments. We couldn't even get through all of them. Uh, keep this uh, up. If you missed uh, any of the other questions that you had, go back to the beginning of the show. We talked about Oscar's injury and, you know, obviously DJ's uh, recruitment and all that good stuff. But, Plenty of fun stuff here, Zach. Uh, shout out Justice Dental. You guys are great as always. Uh, appreciate you. Shout out Karen Roberts. It's it's uh, uh, her mom's 87th birthday. Can't wait. Hey. Shout out to you and your mom, Karen. Appreciate you tuning into us, Zach. Let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work? Well, as always, they can find me on a terrific website by the name of Kentucky Sports Radio. You can also follow me on Twitter at Z Gagan K S R. Gagan is spelled G E O G H E G A N. Triple G. Always. Always. You can find me on Twitter as well, at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Source Today podcast. Go Celtics. We will see you then. Go Cavs.